You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. All right, let's get going. I have dedicated the last three services on Sunday mornings to combat this statement that I've been hearing more and more from God's people here. Pastor, I want to serve the Lord. I want to do something for him. I want to be used of him, but I don't believe that God could use somebody like me. I don't believe that God would use somebody like me. And here's what they say. Here's what they're saying, and sometimes they say it straight out. I feel so unworthy to be used of the Lord. Let me say this. For anybody who feels worthy to be used of the Lord, you have a pride problem. And pride made the devil the devil, and it will make a devil out of you. Shame on any sinner who would stand before the Lord and say, you got something good when you got me. But I'm getting real sick and tired of people just sitting on the sidelines because they don't feel that God can use them. You're not the only person who's felt this way. You're not the only person who's been lied to by the devil in this manner. But if you sit on the sidelines and if you reach heaven someday, never having been used of the Lord for his glory, it will not be because of the Lord's choice. It will be because of your your choice. And I'm going to prove that. I have proved that over the past three weeks, and I'm going to prove that again in this week. Now, I'll end my message by saying this. Just because you do something for the Lord and just because you serve the Lord doesn't mean you are the Lord's child. Did you know there is a portion in Scripture where Jesus specifically calls out people who do something for him, people who have done much for him, and he says, I have no clue who you are. I will show you in the Bible when Jesus talked to followers of him and said, many of you will not be in heaven. Now, that's hard to believe. And that's certainly hard to swallow for a lot of religious people. We take a lot of pride in our religion. Again, pride problem. Lord, Lord, have we not done? Have we not done? Have we not done? And he will say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. I'll show you that at the end of the message. So religious person, that's not what this is about. What today is about is not about being a Baptist. It's not about being a part of a certain denomination. It's not about being religious. There's only one spot in the Bible where God talks about religion in a positive light. And when he talks about religion, he talks about religion in a way we don't talk about religion. Do you want to see it before we even get to the message? Let's go ahead and see it. Um, It's James. Turn to the book of James. You don't have to stand right now. We'll stand when we turn to 2 Corinthians. But turn to James. Is it James? Oh, I'm in Hebrews. Here we go. Hang on. I'll get there. James chapter 1. So many people are trusting in their religion to get them to heaven, aren't they? Aren't they? I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven because I'm a member of this church. 
I'm going to heaven because I'm a Baptist. I'm going to heaven because I'm a Catholic or I'm a Methodist or I'm a Presbyterian. And what they're saying is I'm going to heaven because of my religion. Listen to how God defines religion. James chapter 1, verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, doesn't keep his mouth shut, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Okay, let's read again. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Here's religion. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I just have a question for you, religious person, if you think religion is going to get you to heaven. Three Three definitions of religion here. If religion was going to get you to heaven, if I were to give you that, would you be going? Because here's step one of religion in God's eyes. Be quiet. Yeah. Everyone, this is my dad. Can you? Oh, boy. How about this one? Visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. Be more about others than you are about yourself. How about this one? Keep yourself unspotted from the world. Unspotted. Okay, you're trusting in your religion. How are you doing? If uh, Church, I'm glad religion doesn't take me to heaven. I'm glad religion doesn't take me to heaven because if it did, I failed all three. Strike one, strike two, strike three. How did I get off on that? Oh, oh, I, because I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you at the end just because you do things for the Lord. There's a place to do things for the Lord. There's a place for religion, but religion's place is not for your salvation. There is a place for religion. There is a place for service. There is a place to do things for the Lord, but just because you do things for the Lord doesn't mean you're going to heaven. And I will show you that. That was just a little hook to keep you somewhat interested in the message. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We can stand now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Make sure everyone can see a Bible and cell phones are on silent, please. All right, I'm going to start reading because there's a lot. And I want you to follow along from verse 1. And the first verse we're going to read, verse 1, and the last verse we're going to read, verse 16, both have the same phrase in it. And I'm going to ask you what the phrase is when we get to the end, okay? See if we're paying attention. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation or showing of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. God of this world, little g, big g, little g. So who are we talking about? Satan. Talking about Satan. Satan hath blinded the minds of them which believe, believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. If you ever find a church where the man is preaching himself and not Jesus Christ, you get out of there real quick. Amen. Here's all I am. I'm a servant for Jesus' sake. 
Verse 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, this treasure of the gospel, this light of the glorious gospel of Christ, this treasure in earthen vessels, fragile, dirty, inexpensive bodies. Fleshly, fleshly beings is what we are. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. Which, by the way, you cannot have one without the other. If you are going to have belief in your heart, you will speak that belief. You cannot keep something as large as belief inside. Wherefore, he says, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up also us by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound or overflow to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Do you see the common phrase in verse 1 and 16? What is it? We faint not. We keep going. We're going to keep serving. We're going to keep moving forward. The first week I told you, you are unworthy, but you are not unwanted. The second week I told you, you are unworthy, but you're not undone. And you're not undone because God still has a purpose for you. If you can breathe, God still has a purpose for you. Last week, we did talk about what can disqualify us. We are unworthy, but don't be unholy. This week, unworthy, but not unwilling. Unworthy, but not unwilling. Father, please bless the preaching of your word. Save souls that are on their way to hell. Revive backsliders, call prodigals home, and glorify your name. Lord, please meet with us this morning. Bless your guests and visitors who are here and your members who are here. Bless them, Lord, with speaking to their heart through your Holy Spirit. Lord, get me out of the way and, and speak through me if you can, if I found grace in your sight. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, it's not fair. You're expecting me to be done at noon and it's, and it's 11.35. We sing too much on Sunday morning. <laughs> All right. I want you to think deeply about this list of Bible characters that I'm about to give you. I could give you a lot more, but I'm going to give you about a dozen or so. Uh, maybe more than that. I want you to think deeply about this list of Bible characters because they all have three things in common. Abraham, Moses, Rahab, Ruth, Gideon, Samson, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, John the Baptist, Peter, Mark, John, Onesimus. How many of you know who Onesimus is? Good. He's from Philemon, the book Philemon. Paul, what do those characters have in common? They have three things in common. Do not look for them to have something in common with their gender. All right, some are male and some are female. Do not look for their commonality in their ages. Some were young and some were old. Don't look at their commonality in their education levels. Some were very educated, like Isaiah, and some were very poor. Thank you. 
that light's just going to be flickering on and off. It's fine. When the message gets good, it turns on. When it gets bad, it turns off. That's, that's what it is. Don't look for commonality in their locations. Some were in very poor areas. Some were in very rich areas. Don't look for commonality in their home situation. Some had a godly home. Some had an ungodly home. Don't look for their commonality in their career choices. Some were shepherds. Some were prophets. Some were cupbearers. Some were fishermen. Don't look for their commonality in their personalities. Some were extroverted, which means people didn't like them. Some of them were introverted, which means they didn't like people. Don't look for your, their commonalities in their history. Some of them had a different past than others. Some of them had a horrible past. Some of them had an, what you would say an okay past. And yet all of them had three things in common. Commonality number one, they were all used of God. Every single one of them were used of God. Abraham was used to bring about the covenant of his Messiah to, to the world. Moses was used to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and to bring his law, the Ten Commandments, and more to his people. Rahab was used to save the spies. Ruth was used in the line of Christ. Gideon was used to judge his, uh, God's people. Samson was used to judge God's people. David reigned over an incredible kingdom I, and wrote many of the Psalms. Isaiah prophesied to a needy nation. Jeremiah warned a very rebellious nation. Nehemiah built the wall around Jerusalem. John the Baptist prepared the way of the Lord. Peter preached Pentecost. Mark wrote a gospel. John wrote five different books of the Bible. Onesimus became a profitable servant to Paul and the Lord. And Paul was probably the greatest missionary that we have ever heard of in our life. Every single one of them was used of God. Commonality number two, none of them were worthy of it. Not one of them was worthy. Abraham did not believe God's promise enough to be patient and slept with another woman in order to have a child. Moses murdered somebody. Rahab was a harlot. Ruth was an idolater. Gideon was a nobody, a coward of a man. Samson was a disobedient person. I don't know if you've read his story. It's not a very good one. David was an adulterer. Isaiah said with his own mouth, I am a man of unclean lips. Jeremiah said, I'm just a kid. Nehemiah was a captive. John the Baptist doubted whether Jesus was the Messiah or not. Peter denied Jesus three times. Mark quit the ministry in the first time he ran into an obstacle. John was just a fisherman. Onesimus was a fugitive slave. And Paul said, I am the chiefest of sinners. None of them were worthy to be used. But you know the third thing they had in common? They were all simply willing. They were just willing. Though they were unworthy, though he was unworthy, when God told Abraham, I want to use you, he got up and he moved. And he obeyed the Lord. Moses obeyed the Lord. Rahab believed the Lord. Ruth said, thy God, Naomi, is my God. She was willing to be used. Gideon answered the call, even though he was afraid. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he slew more in his death than in his entire life. David simply said, use me. Isaiah said this, here am I, Lord, send me. Jeremiah said, if you can use a child, then use me. Ushers, we'll keep, keep her out in the foyer, please. John the Baptist said, if you can use a crazy, 
preacher who eats locusts and wild honey and clothed in camel skin, if you can use me, then use me. Nehemiah said, if you can use a captive cupbearer, then use me. Peter said, if you can use a poor fisherman that denied you three times, then use me. Mark said, if you can use somebody who quit at the first obstacle, if you can use me again, if you can give me another chance, then use me. John said, if you can use just a poor fisherman from Galilee, then use me. Onesimus said, if you can use somebody with a past and a rap sheet, then use me. And Paul said, if you can use a chief sinner, then Lord, just use me in any way that you can. All of them were used. None of them were worthy. All of them were willing. I'm telling you, you are unworthy, but just be willing. You are unworthy, but just be willing. Be willing, Lord, if you can use me with all of the good and all of the bad, if you can just use me in any way possible, then be willing to be used. Just in, this, in these verses that we use, Paul said, God is using me. Verse 5, we preach Christ the Lord. Verse 12, he says, death worketh in me, but life in you. God is using me. Though I am unworthy, verse 7, we're just an earthen vessel. An earthen vessel, a, a chinette plate carrying a ruby. You don't do that. You don't wrap a diamond in a napkin. You don't put a treasure in an earthen vessel. That's all that we are. We are unworthy. But he was willing. Once in verse 1 and once in verse 16, he said, we're just going to keep going. We faint not. As long as the Lord can use me, I want to be used. I am so tired of people saying God can't use me because I'm unworthy. We're all unworthy. We're all sinners. God has never used anybody who is worthy. In fact, the moment you believe that you're worthy, God will not use you. It was the moment that Lucifer said, you know what, I'm pretty good at this. And I can be like the most high. And what a gift I am to the Lord. God said, get out. I cannot use you anymore. God has never used somebody who is worthy. He's not looking for somebody who's worthy. He's looking for someone who's willing. So just be willing. Just be willing. God, what can you do with me? You'd be surprised what he can do with you. You'd be surprised what he can do with someone who is unworthy but not unwilling. If God doesn't use you for his glory, it won't be because you're unworthy. It will be because you're unwilling. Do you know why Goliath was defeated? David was willing. Do you know why the ark was built? Noah was willing. Do you know why the Jews were spared in exile? Esther was willing. She said, if, if I perish, I perish. If the Lord can use me, use me. Do you know why 5,000 were fed? At least. One little boy. I don't have much, but if you can use it, I'm willing to give it. And 5,000 men beside women and children were fed. Do you know why you have a pastor today? Because Sue and Nancy Che were willing. Do you know why Sue and Nancy Che are where they are today? Because there's a preacher, a, a Catholic, a Catholic altar boy who grew up, uh, grew up in the Catholic church until 20 years old. Always had questions about it. 
What is this? Is it biblical and is it right? Went to a Baptist church, went to a Bible preaching church, got saved, was willing to be used, and built a church in the Chicagoland area of almost 2,000 people and reached my mom and my dad just because he was willing. He was, he was a fisherman from the swamps of Louisiana who built a church, who the Lord used to build a church. Wow, what a person. No, he was an earthen vessel that said, Lord, if you can use me, use me. Do you know why you learned in Sunday school this morning? Because an unworthy sinner said, Lord, if you can use me, use me. So you tell the devil to go to hell where he belongs. The only reason he is lying to you God can't use you. God won't use you. The only reason he's lying to you is because he knows what God could do with you if you were just willing. So I want to give you five statements to challenge you to be willing. Five statements. The last one is more of a warning, but five statements to challenge you to be willing to let God use you. Number one, be willing even though it's hard. All right? Be willing, even though it's hard. A lot of people are willing until they realize it's difficult. Well, nothing in this life is worth anything unless it's difficult. Be willing, even though it's hard. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 11. Read it. Troubled on every side. That sounds fun. Perplexed, persecuted, cast down, always bearing about in the body the dying of Jesus, um, delivered always unto death for Jesus' sake. But be willing, even though it's hard. Even though he faced all of those different things, Paul said, we faint not. We're not going to let that stop us. We're not going to let that stop us. I don't care how hard it is. I'm going to keep going anyway. I will stay willing to be used as long as God will use me. Be willing, even though it's hard. Now, let me give you three points under this about it being hard. First of all, it's a lot easier than sin. It is a lot easier than serving sin. Paul had to admit, this isn't always easy. We're troubled on every side. We're perplexed. We're persecuted. We are always, some, some of you tell me, Pastor, you just need to rest. That's not a part of ministry. We are always delivered unto death. We are always going through things. We are always bearing things. That is ministry. I'd love to rest. I'd love to be able to shut this off. I can't. And neither could Paul. But compared to the life that he used to live, a very religious life. But many times, many times, Paul gave his own testimony, and he always gave this in the testimony. When I came into contact with Jesus, Jesus said this, it's been hard for you, hasn't it? It's been hard for you. He said, who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. The entire time Paul was living a life of sin, the Holy Spirit would come and jab him. You need to get right. You need to get right. You need to stop. You need to stop. And he kicked against it. Kicking against the pricks, there was a, you would have a mule, you would have a team of mules, and you would have them in a yoke. And mules are dumb. And you would want them to go straight, and they would want to go left. And what they would do is they, they had a long, the, the farmer had a long stick with a, with a spike at the end of it, and he'd just poke it in the behind. I, I went through many different <laughs> words. 
<laughs> Yikes. And sometimes, and, and, and it wasn't meant to draw blood. It wasn't meant to bring pain. It was just, hey, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Just boop. And sometimes that mule would get angry and he'd kick. And the kick would cause more damage than if he would just listen to the poking of the farmer. And Paul is fighting and fighting and fighting. And three times he tells his testimony and every single time he said, Jesus was right. Let me tell you, this life isn't always easy, but it's a lot easier than when I used to serve sin. If you are going to, remember verse 2, he says we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. If you are going to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty, if you're going to walk in openness, if you're going to handle the word of God truthfully, if you're just going to show forth the truth in the sight of God, it will be hard. It will be difficult. I'm not trying to discourage you. This is a general telling his soldiers, you're about to go to battle and it's very real. And you need to prepare yourself for the battle. You need to prepare yourself for a fight. It's going to be hard, but I'll tell you this. Choose your heart. What do you want to do? Do you want to face hardship in God's army? Or do you want to face hardship serving sin? And if you are serving sin right now, if you are in the bonds of alcohol and drugs and pornography and all these different things, you know it's hard. You know it's difficult. And I tell you this. I might be having a hard life, but it's nowhere close to what you're going through, my friend. The devil is a horrible master. Jesus Christ said, take my yoke upon, upon you and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls. I don't have a lot of flesh rest, but I have soul rest. No matter how hard it is, be willing to endure it so that God can use you. Haven't you served sin long enough? Haven't you served the devil long enough? And what do you have to show for it? What do you have to show for? I have money. Are you happy? Are you happy? I've got a big house. Are you happy? Are you joyful? I've got my dream car. Are you happy? Are you joyful? I don't have a lot of things in this world, but I've got joy. And yes, it's difficult. Yes, there's trouble. Yes, there's perplexing times. Yes, there's persecuting times. And yes, there's times where I am caught and I am cast down but it's a lot better than when I used to serve the devil. And let me tell you this, no matter how hard it is, so, the, so be, be willing even though it's hard because it's a lot easier than serving sin. How about this? Even though it's hard, it's bearable. It's bearable. Yes, I'm troubled on every side. I'm not distressed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. And I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed. It is bearable when you have God on your side. But then also this, it's for a purpose. Every hardship I know, I could not live my life without knowing that through the hardest of times, God was still working for a purpose. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Don't stop the verse too quick. We, I see bumper stickers all, all, all the time. All things work together for good. No, 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 they don't. All things work together for good to them that love God. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, the Bible said. You have no right to, to claim that promise unless you're obedient. 
But when you are obedient, it will be difficult, but even through the difficulty, you can know that there is a purpose behind it. And the purpose is to bring glory to God. Death worketh in me, but life in you. Do you know how many people are here because because I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to brag, you know that. Do you know how many people are here just because through the hard times, a, a, a stupid, unworthy kid from Chicago just stayed faithful? Do you know how many people are still going because you stayed faithful? Because God has a purpose for it. Do you know how many people's eyes have been brought to the Lord because you stayed faithful? An unworthy, weak vessel that shouldn't have made it through all that you went through, but he did that so that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of you. He did it so that when people say, how are you still kicking? How are you still moving forward? How are you still, how have you not fainted? Your answer is, well, let me tell you how awesome I am. Your answer is, oh, it just got bad. Your answer is, let me tell you how awesome my Savior is, who gave a second chance to an unworthy sinner, who gave a third chance to an unworthy sinner, who gave a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth chance. And I'm just talking about this last week. But he gave another chance to use me. And as long as he can use me, I'll let him use me. You are unworthy. Don't be unwilling. Don't be unwilling. Be willing. Be willing though it's hard. Number two, be willing because the eternal souls of man are depending on you. This is a serious business. If a lawyer quits, he'll lose a case. If a doctor quits, he'll lose a patient. If you quit, you will lose a soul. And many people don't believe this. You don't believe this because you've bought into the lie of the devil that you are unworthy and God can't use you. You need to tell him to go home. It's the nicest way to say go to hell. Tell him to go back where he belongs. He has, he has made you buy into the lie that God can't use you, but you need to know there are people who will go to hell unless your light shines to them. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what the devil has made you fall into before. If you get right, the Lord can use you. How do I know that? You're still alive. You're still alive. You're still here. God has a purpose for you. There is definitely one person. There are probably more. There are possibly hundreds of people who will die and go to hell if you do not share the gospel with them. There are some people in this world that only you can reach. And you better believe that. And whether you believe it or not, it's true. We had a neighbor next door. They didn't believe in gasoline. You can believe whatever you want. <laughs> I don't believe in it. So there they were, mowing their lawn with a cord. Awful. I don't believe in that. It doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. There is definitely one person. There are probably more. There are possibly hundreds of people who will die and go to hell if you are unwilling to be used by God. Now, you can believe the devil's lie that you're unworthy. You can refuse to speak because it's too hard. Or what you can do is you can change you can change God's word to make it a little easier. And we're seeing that everywhere. 
We're seeing that everywhere. We're seeing that everywhere. And a lot of places that have church on the outside, they're changing God's word to make it more palatable. Changing God's word to make it easier to hear. And you can do that if you want. But if you do that, people will die and go to hell because of you. We'll send a better Christian. He doesn't want to send a better Christian. He wants to send you. And if you don't go because it's too hard, or if you change to make it easier, think about this, back, back to verse 2. If we as witnesses for Christ would just be a little dishonest, if we would just sugarcoat the message just a little bit, if we would just take some verses out of context, God is love. Yeah, he's holy too, right? And God, God will give you grace. Wait a second, wait a second. Grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. But if we would just sugarcoat the message a little bit, if, if I would just come up here and give you a little 15-minute ditty, about how God loves you and he wants to use you and everything's, everything's good, everything's great, and everything's wonderful. But I never tell you about sin. I never warn you about the devil. I never warn you about if you do not obey, those promises do not apply to you. But if we were just sugarcoated a little bit, if we would walk in craftiness, if I would just change the Bible a little bit to get people to follow me instead of follow Christ. I watched a clip the other day of a Methodist pastor, he's gay, a Methodist pastor reading a portion of scripture that says, if a man is a eunuch from birth, let him, here's what the Bible says. Some men are born eunuchs from birth. Some become eunuchs for God's sake. And what the Lord is talking about is marriage. Jesus is talking about marriage at that point. And he's saying, if, if some people are born eunuchs from their, from their birth or some become eunuchs for the Lord's sake, then obviously they're not gonna get married, right? Obviously, they're not going to get married. Here is what that gay Methodist pastor said. Do you know what eunuch means? It means different. Look at what the Lord is saying. If you were born different, then the Bible says God will receive you. Baloney. Here, <laughs> it doesn't say God will receive you. He said you receive the fact that you cannot, that you're not going to get married. But he, uh, here's, here's what he knew. He knew people in the crowd did not have a Bible. He knew people in the crowd weren't going to read their Bible. He, they were just going to listen to what the preacher said. And by the way, don't you dare just listen to what I say. If I am not giving you Bible, you leave. But he knew, and he just, a little crafty. If you're born different, or if you choose to be different, the Lord will receive you. Well, you know what? He's got a following. If we were just make the Bible say what it doesn't mean in order to please men. Do you think we would be so troubled? Do you think we'd be so perplexed? Do you think we'd be so persecuted? Do you think we'd be cast down by the devil? I would say he'd leave you alone. If you choose to be quiet with the gospel or make the, gospels, make the gospel a little less harsh, our lives could be easier as far as the world is concerned. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light 
and the light is supposed to bring clarity. The light can be glaring. The light, can, the light doesn't care about what it exposes. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. It will bring trouble. It will bring perplexing times. It will bring persecution. It will bring casting down. But unless you are willing to serve the Lord, no matter the cost, people will die. And they will go to hell because you were unwilling. You are unworthy. Don't be unwilling. Don't be unwilling. Don't be unwilling. Lord, if you can use me, use me. And guess what? He can. He can and he will. Paul said it's hard, it's difficult, but you read in verse 15 and 16, I love this. He says, though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed every day. We faint not. We're going to keep going. We're not going to faint because everything is for the sakes of men who need to be saved. So listen, Christian, listen, believer, don't you dare be quiet. Don't you dare silence the gospel that is within you. Don't you dare change it to make yourself more comfortable. We are not here to be comforted. We're here to be consumed for Christ so that men can be saved. Let other churches change. Let other churches compromise. Let other churches do that. And I don't, I don't want that, but if they're going to do it, let them do it. But do not let it happen here. You have to know there are people that will go to hell unless your light shines. Where would Timothy be if Eunice and Lois and Paul would have said, oh, this is too hard? Do you know when Timothy was, re was reached? Right after Paul was stoned near to death. And he got up and he went back into the city and he won Timothy to the Lord. What if Paul would have stood up and said, forget this. Too hard. I'm going to change it just a little bit. I don't want to get stoned anymore. I, I don't know about you. I don't want to get stoned either. And I'm not talking to you 70s people. I'm talking about like rocks. Just making sure you're paying attention. All of you who laugh were born in the 70s. I don't want to get stoned either. But Paul stood up, shook off the dust, wiped up the blood, and said, I am not going to stop. Lord, as long as you can use me, use me. Went back in and led Timothy to the Lord. What would have happened if the person who led you to Christ said that morning, mm, a little too hard. I don't want to be too harsh with you. What if they changed the message? What if they changed the gospel? What if they sugarcoated a little bit like a lot of churches are doing and so people are still living in their sin and they think Jesus is okay with it. And they're going to find out one day he ain't okay with it. Be willing even though it's hard. Be willing because someone's eternal soul is depending on you. Number three, be willing because Jesus is our example. Do you know what I see in verse 10 and 11 where he's talking about always bearing about in the body the dying so that the life may be made manifest? He, he repeats it twice. Do you know what I see in those verses? I see that no matter what I face for him, it's nothing that he hasn't already faced for me. There is not one thing that I can face in my Christian life that Jesus Christ did not face already. All throughout his ministry, was he not troubled on every side? Was he not always surrounded by people who were mocking him and, and being his enemy? He was betrayed by one of his own disciples. Was he not perplexed? Do you not read all throughout the Gospels where he said he marveled at their unbelief? What in the world is going on here? 
He feeds 5,000 people, travels across a, a, the Sea of Galilee. A bunch of people follow him and they say, hey, will you show us a sign so that we can know you are who you say you are? <laughs> what in the world? He, he lived a perplexing life. Was he not persecuted? He was persecuted a lot more than you ever were, sir, in America. You are so persecuted as you pull up in your Cadillac. Life is just so difficult. I just can't afford my $600 car payment. We are not persecuted. Jesus was persecuted. He was despised and rejected of men. He was accused. He was mocked. They called him, they called him a bastard. When he was talking about his father, they, they said, we know who our father is. We're not born of fornication. We're not an illegitimate child like you say, like, like you are. Yeah, you say that your mom was a virgin. <clears throat> They mocked him to his face. They despised him. They derided him. And one day, they got their hands on him. And they arrested him. They tried him falsely. They beat him. They tortured him. They spit in his face. They stripped him naked, and they crucified him. They cast him down. But he was willing to endure it all so that you could be saved. Will you say to the one who was willing to die for you, I'm unwilling to serve you in return because it's just too hard? Number four, be willing, be willing, be willing because there is no limit to what God can do with an unworthy sinner that's just willing to be used. Giants have fallen because unworthy people were just willing. Families have been salvaged because unworthy people were just willing. Arks were built because unworthy people were willing. Young men have been raised to become the greatest preachers in history because a single mother was willing to be used. Lord, my husband's a drunk. He died an early death. But if you can use me to raise this boy, please use me. That boy's name was Jack Hiles. He, he did all right. Revivals were started because teenagers said, Lord, if you can use us, just use us. Marriages were put back together because one or both said, if you can make something of this, please make something of this. They're teaching Sunday schools. They're running bus routes. They're deacons. They're preachers. They're soul winners. Unworthy people who were just willing You will find in my drawer in my kitchen some butter knives. And the tip of the butter knife is skewed ever so slightly. You know why? Because I go to fix something in the house that requires a flathead, something worthy for the job. But you know, flatheads and scissors talk amongst each other. 
And as soon as you, as soon as you say, Han, where are the scissors? They all get up and they run. <laughs> you know this. As soon as you need scissors, you cannot find the scissors. So here's what you do. You go to the store and you buy a pack of scissors that can only be opened if you have scissors. <laughs> Who in the world does that? The devil is alive, I tell you. But I went to look for a flathead and I couldn't find a flathead. So you know what I grab? I grab what's available. It's not worthy for the job. It's not meant for the job. It's not even, it's not even close to being perfect for the job, but it does the job. If you want to call yourself a butter knife, whatever. A butter knife that's available is better than a flathead that's nowhere to be found. You just need to be willing. Lord, if you can use me, use me. Now, here's the last statement. I told you it was a warning. Just because you do things for the Lord does not mean, does not mean that your sins have been forgiven. Look in Matthew chapter 7, please. Matthew chapter 7. Okay, you need to understand historical context here, okay? This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus beginning his ministry to his disciples. And before Jesus came on the scene, there was a very religious crowd called the Pharisees and the scribes. They were the religious elite. They were the ones that you looked to. They were the ones where if you wanted to be religious, you followed them. And Jesus comes and he starts his Sermon on the Mount by saying this, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. You need to understand how much of a mind bender that was to those people. You are telling us that the most religious people in this world are not good examples? You're telling us that unless we do beyond what they do, we're not going to go to heaven. And he said, you're absolutely right. And he ends his message by calling back to it. And he says, listen, listen. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. I understand that you've been watching the Pharisees. I understand you've been watching the scribes. I understand that they've been your example. I understand that you have been trying to emulate them. But just because they speak in my name doesn't mean they have my name in them. Just because they say that they are religious doesn't mean that they are my child. You need to get it. You need to get it. You need to get it because the lie of religion is still very alive and well today. A lot of people say, well, I, I follow a preacher. I follow a priest. I follow this. I follow that. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Look, verse 21. 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Not the will of religion, not the will of the Baptist church, not the will of the Catholic church, not the will of any church, not the will of any denomination, not the will of traditions of men, but the will of my Father. You know what the will of the Father is? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Many will say to me in that day, judgment day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Being willing to serve God means nothing if you're not willing to believe God. That's my warning. Do not walk out of here thinking, well, I'm going to be willing to serve God when you're not even willing to believe him. And as long as you're holding on to your religion, as long as you're holding on to your works, as long as you're holding on to your will, don't tell me you're willing to do anything for him if you're not even willing to trust him. If you are going to get to heaven someday, it will not be because of all that you do. It will, because you, it will be because you believed what Jesus said. And he said this, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Why are you paying for a gift? Why are you trying to pay for a gift? You insult the giver. He already paid for it. Listen, you're a sinner. And, and you know if I'm talking to you. The Holy Spirit has been telling you this whole time. He's talking to you. You better listen. You are a sinner. And you are a sinner living in darkness because of your own choice. Nobody made you do that. You say you're a good person. The Bible says there's none good. There is none good. But okay, you say you're a good person. How many lies have you told? Don't answer out loud. How many lies have you told? Have you ever stolen something? Stolen time at work? Taken something that wasn't yours? I don't care if it's a number two pencil. I don't care if it's $2 million. Have you ever stolen something? Have you ever looked on another person with lust in your heart? Because Jesus says if you do that, you've committed adultery already in your heart. Have you ever hated somebody? The Bible says you're already a murderer. You still think you're a good person? When according to the Bible, you're a lying, thieving, adulterous murderer. And you don't think it's that bad. Let me tell you how bad God thinks it is. If it, have, you ever, have you ever seen a criminal stand in front of a judge and the criminal doesn't seem to be getting it? Doesn't seem to be getting how serious their crime is. What if the judge looked back and said, death sentence? I think at that moment, the criminal would say, man, what I did must have been pretty bad. For the wages of sin is the wages of sin is you don't think that your sin is that bad and God has given you the death penalty for it. To get in your mind, it is, it is a serious matter. You have chosen to sin against the Lord. I'm trying to get you scared. I'm trying to get you shaken. I'm trying to get your heart quivering just a little bit because it is not until you realize that you're lost that you'll start looking for a savior. It is not until you realize you're on your way to hell that you'll start looking for a way out. And there's only one way out. 
This is the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be good news, sinner, if all your sins could be forgiven today? Wouldn't that be good news? Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.